Uh, let's be honest. Sometimes there's nothing better than watching somebody crash and burn at professional development. I'm kidding. Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. A teacher podcast that's a little bit like comedians in cars getting coffee or drunk history. A lot of you guys always ask me, do you actually drink when you record episodes? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode 103. And to be upfront with you guys, this is the first time that I've actually done an episode the night before in a while. And uh, yeah, it's about 7.10 at night on Wednesday. So you're really getting the updated version. I'm not backlogged at all. It's probably going to sound a little bit different because we are in our new place. You'll notice I'm in a new chair, new location, uh, and we don't really have anything on the walls. So it's a little bit echoey. It's also a bigger place uh, by a lot. So there's more things to put. And yeah, we're really, we are excited about it. I had to figure out how the space is going to work. I can't really tell if it's echoey if I just talk into it a little bit. Um, but we're so used to our former place that like if I were in the kitchen, I could say something to Katie in the living room and she would hear me no problem versus like I was in the kitchen the other day making something. I asked, I asked for help on something or I to borrow something or a question and uh, I thought she was ignoring me, but it was like she just couldn't hear. I was like, the audacity. Like, did you, are you ignoring me right now? She's like, no, I just couldn't fucking hear you, dude. Relax. It's fine. But yeah, it's exciting. I'm really exhausted. Sorry, I took I took like a moment right there, and you guys probably thought like, "Wow, there's a little lull." Um, it's just that first week, first two days of school lull or uh, teacher tired that you get. But hey, even with the teacher tired, we're out here. We're recording in the new place. It doesn't look settled at all. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get it set up for you. But we're back without even missing a beat. So that's pretty cool. Probably not going to do this episode as a full-length video podcast because I'm too tired. But one thing that I have noticed, so we, we used to live on the south side, now we are on the north side, and uh, it, it's been very nice to be honest with you so far. We're really excited. It has more of a city vibe to it. Uh, I felt a little more suburban on the south side. Not to diss the south side. <laughs> of course, I do have a few qualms with that, of course. So if it's that first week of teacher PD or even uh, like a, an assembly or something like that to go over the norms and expectations, I guess you could call it. Uh, there's almost nothing more satisfying than seeing an adult be unprepared for it. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, uh, but sometimes it's like, like you want to, you want to look over to someone and be like, do they, do they plagiarize this? Are they using somebody else's work right here? Um, or, um, there's, there's someone else that works at the school that had to kind of step in to help somebody out. And I was like, are you going to give them credit for this? Like, did your partner do the work equally or did you pull the weight here? And, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible how, Everyone complains about PD because we're all professionals, yet we are read slideshows too, as if it's a read aloud or something like that, but we just, you know, sit there, uh, but nothing changes. So uh, I'm I'm very, I'm a little, maybe I'm overcritical of professional development week. I think something that can be done in a few hours is spread out over the course of time. And uh, honestly, for this episode, uh, I think last week's episode was fantastic with um, Diana and Peter. It was a lot of fun to record that one, but you know what? I'm tired. I moved. I've been up pretty much for, I don't know, 18 plus hours uh, for about 10 days now. 
between, you know, teaching and moving and constantly doing stuff, coaching, uh, it is exhausting. And the fact that we're almost through the first week is encouraging. Our football team, though, this was pretty exciting. So we did not win a game last year. It was disappointing. But we we were we were in our first year. So there wasn't too much that we were really, um, what's the word? I don't want to say expecting, but, you know, when it's the first year of having a football program in like four or five years, yeah, you know, you just, you're just excited that it, it's happening at all. And um, to be honest, they, they really didn't score uh, a touchdown. There were points scored, but never a touchdown. And uh, we played our first game, and most of our students are transferred or... Uh, transferred in or they are uh, not new or they've been there and played for the team last year, which is great. So we have some experienced guys, some new guys, some guys that are new, but have experience elsewhere. And it's been an entirely different atmosphere. Uh, it's certainly a lot more enjoyable to coach this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but we actually, we, we go from, I'm not kidding, a blowout, blowout losses last year from like 60 to zero at one point. That was probably the low end um, to, this game, we took it into overtime on a, a gutsy last minute. I uh, had to kind of move people around because we only had like three guys on the bench, but we had to move them around to, you know, it, like injuries were all over the place. And uh, it came down to like a, a last minute two point conversion that we needed to send it into overtime. And it actually worked out. And it, honestly, as soon as I got in the locker room, I, I told them, I, I'm super proud of you. I know we didn't pull that one out, but considering that we were in this one, we could have won it. We, we had a couple mistakes that we could have scored on. Didn't go our way right there, but we were in this. We were probably the better team. Just didn't have a few things go our way. They were the better team today, but it was competitive. It probably could have gone either way. So really excited about that. And I, I always, I always come back to this, the comparisons of myself throughout the year. And I've noticed myself doing that in the first couple of days. So in my first year, there were about two or three classes, we'll just say three, that were hmm, difficult. And uh, my second year teaching, there was just the one class that was, hmm, we'll use the word difficult. And uh, this year, to be honest with you, really, there's no class overall that is difficult. There are like that those handful of students, but it's incredible to see. And I think part of it is because we have a new uh, admin team. This is now their third year. Uh, it's my third year there as well. We have a little more consistency. Uh, and it's, it's, it's done well for our school. Uh, it, it feels good when things actually feel, uh, like, like it should, I don't know how to put this. I guess it feels a little bit more like the high school experience that I kind of remember when I was in school. Uh, it's not that, that far away. I, I graduated from high school in 2011. Um, but I guess my first two years, well, especially the first year, it felt a little chaotic, a little disorganized. And to be honest, it was. Um, and that's that's not to say that it's anybody's fault, but it feels like the our school has their shit together, uh, which is nice. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect, but uh, we are much, much better, which is weird. You don't really think about that. I know that I'm confident in my room. My room's always been put together, but it was always kind of the stuff outside of my control, outside of my classroom door is always disconcerting, you know? So it's, it's encouraging. And that brings me to something that I, I really thought about. I had a buddy of mine and he teaches and he's got a, a student that, um, how do I put this? 
a student that had a history of violence against women, um, a few other charges and so forth. And um, we, were, we were talking about that. And this is in the past. The student is no longer uh, in our district at all. And he he paused and said, he, like he, he was about to say, like, I'm, I'm truly not a fan of this guy. This guy is like a jackass. Uh, but he, he stopped to say, you know, I, I struggled to work with him. And I thought, like, why, why are we still all in job interview mode? Like, we can't just say, like, yeah, kid's an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, we, it's always like if you, if you have an opinion, even though you are a human, you have to find some sort of way to stifle that. And, and granted, I'm not saying in front of the kid. Like, obviously, maintain professionalism. But if we're just speaking candidly, I feel like everyone's looking for that perfect answer. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that makes sense. I just, I've noticed that I'm comfortable being candid because I'm comfortable with who I am. Uh, I know that I'm a good teacher. I know that uh, I do my best to relate to my students. I relate with a lot of my students. I get kids that are excited to have me. Kids that even if they didn't like having me because maybe I was uh, a little bit harder on them, at the end of the year or at the end of the day, they still really like me as a teacher because they know. But I'm not afraid to be like, you know what? Not a fan. Still going to work with you, but not a fan. Uh, and I think that's kind of an unpopular opinion. Now, granted, it's a very rare circumstance. There's only been like three or four in my short teaching career where that's been the case, where I was like, you know what? Personality clash. That's okay. I think a lot of people are comfortable admitting that they're not going to be friends with every single adult uh, or not going to get along with every single adult. Uh, but I, I think there's almost like a shaming on teachers to like if, if they don't get along with a particular kid sometimes it's just not going to happen you can find a way to make it cordial but sometimes it's like okay it, it, those opposites do not attract in this case so I, I, mean, I don't know just kind of a thought that I was having it's not like I had a, a full blown uh, soapbox for you guys on this but I guess it's just something I'm thinking about uh, I try to be very candid I let my students know that I'm I'm getting a nice separation from work and home life balance, not bringing stuff home. And that also kind of helped me with my equity of not assigning peer homework unless kids fall behind on stuff. So that was kind of nice. We have, however, and this is interesting because we're, we're only, we're about to enter the third day of school uh, by the time this episode comes out. Actually, no, by the time the episode releases at like five in the morning, I'll be uh, awake. So um, we have some kids that are already and most of them are kids that we kind of knew they were going to be cutting class and stuff like that, you know? Like, this is a pattern that we've seen for, like, one to two years or so. And, like, we're already right back at it. Like, what, you don't want to do the icebreaker? No, don't get me wrong. Icebreakers make me nauseous. Um, which is weird because at, at more than one PD um, over the summer slash preparing for this year, the person that was leading it admitted that they hated icebreakers, everyone hates icebreakers, and then proceeded to do an icebreaker. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyways, not a fan of icebreakers. A team builder, uh, all right, fine. Not that big a fan of it. Really, if it's high energy, like, we all went through school. Okay. Don't read to me. Don't read the slideshow to me. We can just, you can just, if you can send it in an email... Or skip it all together. Let's do it. We don't want no one else to know. It's okay. Don't want to sit in this meeting for four hours. I don't want to watch the same video of I wish my teacher knew four years in a row. But I have 
100% have, definitely have. I almost feel like I could, I could guess the the timestamp on that on that video. And I'm not saying that that's a bad video at all. Uh, I'm sure it's very powerful. I guess it lost a little bit of its, not power. I guess it lost a little bit of the effect on me after I was watching it for like the fifth time. So one through four, sure. But after that, let's find something else. Um, I saw that those kids too that um, put bodily fluids into the food that they served teachers for like some cook-off for the students or whatever, they got charged. Um, so that that's the right call. I had a professor that was saying if, if there was a, a student that he had, this is when I was an undergrad, there was a student he had, I don't know if they were a student teacher or if they were going back to school, whatever. Uh, but there was like a kindergartner or first grader that couldn't stop or wouldn't stop, not couldn't, wouldn't stop kicking her like in the shin or something like that and like leaving bruises and stuff. And um, keep in mind, this is a minor. And he said that he told the person, press charges. Press charges, that's all you can do. Doesn't matter. Sometimes the right choice is made, but something's got to be, some sort of shock value has to happen. And granted, still, I mean, I don't know how, how that would work out. I don't remember what he said the result was. Um, but it makes sense. So the fact they got these kids, it's like, oh, hell yeah. Like, you're not immune here. I think a lot of people are really critical of the restorative justice trend that's been going on. A lot of people, I've, I've, I'm sure it works in uh, a lot of schools, a lot of districts, a lot of states, whatever. Uh, so far, my encounters with restorative justice, uh, and I'm not talking about like the, the type of one-to-one stuff that you do with kids. Like when something happens, you, uh, instead of just penalizing them or something like you have some sort of consequence, but you mostly talk it out, move forward, restorative uh, conversation, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the system-wide restorative justice model that really kind of puts teachers into a corner. I know our disciplinary handbook or this code of conduct, whatever, makes it really hard to discipline a student outside of the classroom. And, and I understand why, 100%. Uh, however, I, I just don't know if I get behind this idea of like sixth, seventh, and eighth chances stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so like, I don't know. I, I probably sound like I'm the most ignorant person or something right now. I don't mean it to come off that way. I think I'm pretty uh, fair and equitable with my students. But at the same time, there's these, it's always like the same handful of kids, you know, at least in my building. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, I'm no, I don't want to take my lunch to give you a detention for the fifth time and you're not going to show up and then do a peace circle that you don't show up for and sit here for four hours. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like, at a certain point, you burn the bridge, you know? I can only build that bridge so many times. I only got so many resources, dude. Okay? You understand? That's it. We've been telling some of our players this year, like, you don't show up, like, you're not getting a second, third, fourth chance. We had to last year because we were desperate for bodies. But this year, we got enough. We have as many jerseys as we have, they're all filled by a body, figuratively, figuratively, wow, I had a stroke, figuratively and literally, uh, all the jerseys are filled. They're all filled. So no, if you don't show up, buy. That's it. Y- you want to be the water boy? Sure, go for it. So yeah, aside from moving, everything went well. I'm really excited. Um, back on the north side and feels good. Uh, definitely the most unprepared I've ever felt for the first day of school. But luckily, I could just lean on the fact that I had done similar versions of the activities that I did. And, you know, I've got enough experience that I can just kind of rein it all in. 
don't need a super engaging, incredible, perfect lesson on the first two days of school because honestly, our rosters change so much. Like kids I have today are already gone or had today are probably already gone. I got a class of like 25 that went down to about 11 and then back up to about 22. What? So, yeah. I even made a couple of mistakes, typos and stuff that I had to tell them like, hey guys, sorry, move brain. Is that a thing? Like sick brain, but move brain. Uh, just just cross that one off. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, yeah. It is nice. I will not pass a guaranteed rate field. Uh, not to diss on anyone that's a Chicago White Sox fan, but uh, we're much closer to Wrigley now, which is fantastic. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of things about the north side that I'm more excited about than the south side. And I'm not just talking about that moldy, like, Oscar the Grouch mascot that the White Sox have. You ever notice that the Phillies mascot, the, what's it called? The oh, uh, Philly fanatic? Look it up if you don't know what he looks like. He looks like a moldy shitty version version of like the do you remember the vacuum from from teletubbies uh i was dating myself right there it, lo- it looks like a moldy shitty green oscar the grouch new new vacuum that's what he looks like i'm probably gonna get so many like phillies fans like the, the philly fans booed santa what are they gonna do to a little podcast <laughs> but yeah so i say the but yeah the socks mascot yeah, I mean, that's what it is the Sox mascot, their version of Oscar the Grouch, that little green thing, whatever he is, his garbage can is guaranteed rate field. And I can't say too much because I know like, you know, we have Clark the Cub, uh, which I don't support. Um, not like you, you can't name him Addy the Cub, you know, like Addison Waveland Sheffield um, and Clark, you know, because Addison Russell, that'd be like, he got into a little bit of trouble for domestic violence. And by a little, I mean a lot. Because um, he's a bad person, apparently. Didn't know that. Just thought he was a good player. Um, I feel like if the Ravens named their rat, their mascot like Raven Ray Rice. Ray Rice Raven. Rice Raven. Like, can't do that. Man's a wife beater. So, yeah, that's about um, that's about where we're at. Hopefully, I don't run into any more SoundCloud rappers or train rappers that not train rappers, uh, guys on a train that have that also rap that have a mixtape that want me to you know listen to their mixtape. Like, you hear that hook? I'm like, still waiting for it. I'm like, that's it. And you're like, oh, okay, it's the worst hook ever. Didn't even catch it. Just monotonous noise, man. Um, I'm sure I'll catch plenty of that in the hallways. Uh, as you know, I've got plenty of students. Uh, not always students in mind, but students said, rather than being in class, they're already cutting as usual to work on their SoundCloud piece. <laughs> and they get to try it all out on the other teachers during their prep period that are listening in. Fantastic. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This was episode 103 of Classroom Brew. If you'd like to reach out, we are classroombrew at gmail.com or you can go on social media at Classroom Brew. Give us a quick Google search. Uh, the biggest thing, if you could... Tell your friends about it. Tell your coworkers, colleagues, whoever, whether you're a teacher or not. Um, And also give us a nice five-star rating. Uh, If you're in iTunes, especially Stitcher, whatever the app may be, we are everywhere you can get your favorite podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Nice little concise episode for you here. But until next week, when hopefully I have a set up sound area, class dismissed. Class dismissed.